1265, the King of Bohemia granted to the people of the Budweis settlement the right to brew beer if you paid your taxes, starting a long-held tradition of brewing. Hundreds of years later, unhappy with the quality of beer being produced by the German brewery there, locals built a new state-of-the-art joint brewery and in 1895, one of the world's greatest lager-conditioned beers was born. Now for our drinking pleasure, I present to you Budweiser Budvar. Clink glasses. You're not supposed to read that. Damn it. Also borned. Did I say borned? I believe you did. Maybe I've got Jason Bond on my mind. I, I knew you'd say that. Because if you didn't, I was going to. I was just anticipating comebacks. You're always anticipating comebacks. It's what I do. I mean, really, you had one chance to get it right, and you didn't get it right, did you? Well, that's just me. I I try and I fail, time and time again. So ah, I so I drink. Time. See, yes. it's like we're doing a time travel podcast. Yes. Assuming we can travel in time at the moment. Right, but onto the story. Ah, yes, the story. Yes, uh, this one takes place. It doesn't take place, sorry. It was broadcast June to August 1964. Soon enough, they will take place at the same time they were broadcast. Won't that be fun? That'd be excellent. It'll uh, certainly reduce the errors in our podcasts. (laughs) The the first episode of this series of stories called The Sense Rights. The first episode is called Strangers in Space. Not Strangers in the Night. No. The crew disturbed them. The crew, the crew are disgusted with my opening introduction. And after that, the crew discuss the particulars of whether they're being stationary or are moving. To no avail. So instead, we get treated to the crew giving us a previously on Doctor Who recap of their previous adventures. Deciding to venture out, they find themselves on a spaceship with dead bodies. Using his powers of deduction, the Doctor examines their watches and declares them to have died over 24 hours ago. But their bodies are somehow still warm. Then the dead bodies wake up. One of the dead bodies, Maitland, tells them of the Sensorites, a telepathic species, and how they won't let them leave their space but keeps them alive. Happy with them being held captive, the Doctor, once again being a cunt, decides to leave. But why can't they leave? Well, this week, the Sensorites have stolen the TARDIS lock so they can't get in. Barbara decides it's time to make dinner whilst the Doctor and the others discuss how people are affected differently to the Sensorites' telepathic powers, especially John. But Maitland won't talk about it. I suspect he furiously masturbates, then collapses to the floor and cries. Barbara and Susan then go for a walk and get locked in a room with and by John, who then falls to the floor crying. After masturbating? One can only estimate. Ian tells Maitland to get the door open while Carol, the other dead body, tells him John may become violent. A dentist then starts a drill up, thanks God, and an old man appears at the window outside. Episode. It's not the doctor, no. It's just some random old man. Episode 2 The Unwilling Warriors. Maitland and Carol are frozen by the Sensorites, who are also telling John to frighten Barbara and Susan. Meanwhile, other Sensorites have boarded the ship, looking like they've just crawled out of their bed in the pyjamas. 
Susan and Barbara break the sensorite's connection by thinking very hard. Susan collapses under the strain of this and they are shortly joined by the others. The Doctor discovers that the planet below, the Sensphere, is rich in precious minerals. Ian and Barbara encounter two sensorites and nothing happens. They return to the main control room and lock the door. The sensorites communicate through Susan and everyone agrees to a meeting. The sensorites tell of Earthmen who previously visited the Sensphere and brought death to them so they won't allow them to leave. Maybe hoping they'll do it again, I don't know. The Doctor figures out the sensorites won't be able to see in the dark because of their reverse eyes. In exchange for killing everyone, the sensorites get Susan to agree to go down to the planet with them. Everyone else cheers, though this wasn't shown in the episode. Just before, I do love the phrase reverse eyes. It was something I came up with. Oh, I don't like it. No. Episode 3. Hidden Danger. Ian, Barbara and the Doctor chase (laughs) after them to retrieve Susan. Ian turns the lights out and they get scared. The Doctor tells Susan off for being stupid and not being intelligent enough to make decisions on her own. Finally. I know. It's only through the sensorites that the Doctor saw sense. That and Ian. The Doctor tells the sensorites all they want is freedom and they agree to go down to the sphere where they will cure John. The sensorites explain five humans came some time ago and discovered minerals. They are left in a ship, but it exploded during a fight, and ever since, sensorites have been dying in increasing numbers. On the Sensphere, the First Elder realises the visitors are good people, but one called the Administrator, from here on in will be referred to as the Evil One, is not quite so sure and plans to kill the visitors with the Disintegrator. John can't tell one of the Sensorites is evil, no, sorry, he can tell one of the Sensorites is evil, but is unable to explain who due to his condition. The second elder then orders the evil one to stop his plans to kill the humans. If only all evil is this easily thwarted. The elder explains that elders drink only the best water and insists that his guests also have the same water and not the common stock they've been given. But Ian drinks some of it anyway. Meanwhile the evil one recruits a henchman. The doctor promises to cure the disease running through the population in return for his TARDIS lockback. Ian then falls to the floor, choking, and is told he's dying from the disease. Hurrah! Episode 4. A Race to the Death. Death shows up and challenges Ian to a race, and if Ian wins, he can live. Sadly, this did not happen. Instead, this is what we got. The disease doesn't affect the elders, and the doctor deduces... It may be due to the beer that I can't pronounce it. (laughs) It also may be that the water is poisoned and not a disease, and proceeds to find a cure with help from the Elder. The Evil One and Second Elder argue again, and the Evil One explains that Ian and the Doctor are being devious and and plan against them. Then Carol comes in and gives the Evil One a house moment. The Doctor works with some scientists in a lab and asks for samples from all water sources and discovers only one source is affected. The Evil One kidnaps the second elder and steals his second elder sash from him so he can take his place. The Doctor develops a cure and gives it to scientists to give it to the first elder. The Evil One intercepts it and destroys the cure. The Doctor goes to investigate the poisoned aqueduct that has monsters in it apparently. And then Ian and Susan go after the Doctor, who discovers there is deadly nightshade in the aqueduct. 
a monster roars, and we have a cliffhanger. Episode 5, Kidnap, or what we should have called the previous episode. Ian and Susan find the Doctor unconscious and his coat ripped to shreds. They return to try and find out who the evil one is. Meanwhile, the evil one forces the second elder to return the key to the disintegrator gun. During a struggle, the key is broken, the second elder dies. The first elder gives the doctor a cloak in replacement for his torn coat. The evil one returns with his henchmen to give witness testimony against the doctor in killing the second elder. Ian causes the henchman to collapse under questioning and is taken away. The evil one then manoeuvres his way into the position of second elder with help from Ian. Why? Back in the lab, John is cured and back to normal. Talking to him, Susan uncovers the fact that the evil one, now the second elder, was the evil one. Confusing? No? You will be. <laughs> the Doctor and Ian decide to go back to the aqueduct with weapons and maps, but the evil one has arranged to supply them with faulty weapons and faulty maps. Then Carol got kidnapped. Ah, I forgot you named the episode after what happens at the end. Like that film, I Am Dead, with Bruce Willis and Haley Joel Osment. Episode 6. A Doctor Venture. Sorry, Desperate Venture. The second elder convinces Carol to write a note saying she's gone to the spaceship. Barbara suddenly decides to make an appearance despite nobody even noticing she's been missing for two episodes. Susan discovers the note Carol was only recent. The note from Carol was only recently written and an eyewitness testimony from Barbara, who was apparently on the spaceship, leads to the conclusion that God why is Barbara back? <laughs> In the aqueduct, Ian encounters a monster which turns out to be one of the original humans from way back. Barbara and John follow the Doctor, who is now going to meet the leader of the original humans, who believe they are at war with the Sensorites. Barbara and John appear and the Doctor convinces the humans that they are a celebration party for winning the war, and they all leave together. The Sensorites capture them. Back in the TARDIS, Ian mentions how the Doctor can't seem to get them home, which angers the Doctor, who says he's throwing them out of the TARDIS on the next stop, just when they were getting on so well. Typical, isn't it? Mm. Can I just say, right at this point? No. But you can now. Okay. I just really bloody love Doctor Who. Yes, you may say that. It's brilliant. It's like a thousand shows all at once. Yes. I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. Looking at it, you know, if you're watching the new series with tenth or eleventh Doctor, it's completely different to the way the way it is, apart from being in colour and shit. But I mean, it's completely different. I mean, mm. but it can do everything. You can go yeah. and you can have a mystery. You can have a comedy. You can have a science fiction. You can have. You can have a soap. You can have mm. a melodrama, you can have mm. anything on Doctor mm. Who. It's fucking brilliant. Mm. I just want to mention that right yeah. now yeah. before we talk about this. Andrew. As is often said, in many a place, it is the most perfect TV formula that's ever been devised. It is. All you need is the Doctor and, and the TARDIS. And mm. you could have any show, any show you like, if it features the Doctor arriving at the start and the TARDIS, it could be Doctor Who. Mm. That's just what I want to say. And you have said it. And I agree. Good. Back to this story. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, it's uh, it's the first one to be set in the future. Well. It's the first one. To be told that it's set in the future. 
But then I gather that the Daleks mm. is set in the past. It could also be set in the present. It's just on a different planet. It's on a different planet, so yeah. yeah. They don't use our yeah. they don't, it, they it, don't use our Gregorian yeah. calendar. Yeah, it could be the past, the present, or the future, we don't know. But this is the first one where it's actually stated to be the future. Indeed. Twenty eighth century to be exact. Twenty eighth century. What do you mm. think you'll be doing then, Gav? Uh, fifth Doctor podcasts. <laughs> Highly unlikely. We'll probably still be doing third Doctor ones by that point. Yes. We'll be kept alive just to be doing these podcasts. <laughs> it will be just heads like in Futurama. Who would be keeping us alive for this? There's some dedicated fans. Um, the Daleks. They're very egotistical. That's they want to know. They want to know everything. A, that's a devious plot. They want to know everything about the Doctor, so they're getting us to review their history tapes. Those bastards. Uh, yeah. So anyway, talking about the Doctor, I think he really comes into his own in this story. It's a great performance by William Hartnell. Yes, he does. Yes, it's it's the first time you really get him as what you know to be the Doctor. It's the first time, yeah, that he really is the Doctor that we know now. Yeah. But he's just very good and his mannerisms and, and the way he talks and his eccentricity is just very good. It is, yes, I agree. Also, I like the fact that they're confused by the fact that they've stopped moving at the start. Mm. But but the TARDIS uh, console still says they're moving. What, they've never landed what? on top of wait, wait. or in something before? So wait a minute, they're still... But there's moving. Yeah. It's how does that how, Well, I think, right, they're, they're actually in something. Or they're on top of a ship. In or something. something. Look, like, just because Ian couldn't grasp this concept doesn't mean you shouldn't pretend to not grasp it either. Oh, can't we just go back to something simple like time travel? <laughs> oh, instead of moving. Ah. We'll move on. Okay. <laughs> And they were reminiscing at the beginning about all the different adventures they'd had. Mm. Um, which I'm glad it didn't turn into a clip show. Which got me thinking, thankfully, <laughs> Doctor Who's never done that. Mm. Yes. Sure, it's very nostalgic it's... at times, but it's never actually done a clip show. I'm looking at you, Star Trek, the next generation. I thought he was going to say he was looking at me then, because he was actually looking at me at the time. You are Star I, Trek, I, I, the I next was... generation. I am. Yep. Excellent. Is that why it sucked? Controversial. Oh, you ridiculous. So anyway. <laughs> also in this episode, mm. there's actually quite a good story. But anyway, in this episode, there was good camera work. Cinematography, if you will. Although I'm mm. sure they didn't call it that in the 1960s. Mm. Um, when basically, or they tried to show you as they could back then, the, the the travellers leaving the TARDIS going into the ship obviously they had the two oh, studios yes, next yes. to each other a very good shot yeah and, and then uh, the next shot had Susan locking the door so you actually saw it was huge in the ins- you actually saw mm. it being huge in the inside and then you know walking out into the spaceship I like when they're doing that, that yeah. it gives it, a, it gives it more of a feel yeah well what we should have had is a camera outside the TARDIS as it's in space. I'd taken 10 minutes to pan around the glory. That is the TARDIS in yes, space. They should have done that. You're quite right. Well, they did that in uh, The Beast Below, kind of, didn't they? 
Mm. Yes. I live in the Doctor story, by the way. Yeah, yeah guys, stop mm. talking about future Doctors. I wasn't. Anyway. You brought him up. I didn't bring him up. But he's awesome. But anyway. Stop saying, but anyway. You did mention about the kinetic watches. Mm. I don't um, think I actually mentioned kinetic watches, but... Oh, you mentioned the watches yes, anyway. I did but, mention but, the watches, but, but, but yes, uh, they were the, kinetic ones. The doctor just said they were kinetic, mm. which I found interesting because it was just 22 mm. years before they were actually invented. Yes. Which just seemed bizarre to me because I didn't mm. even think th- mm. that they could have been thought of back, in the, back then. Well... Or maybe I'm just being completely naive. Well, sci-fi is always ahead of science. This is true. As we know. Just ask Arthur C. Clarke. Mm. He's, He's not dead yet. Out of the gears. And literally, it was only last year when I got my first kinetic watch, if you like. Was it only last year? Yeah. And you do love watches as well. I do love my watches. Yeah, I got mine last year, but it didn't work. Yeah. It, it, I think it, it thinks was... I was dead. <laughs> it was only a, a cheap... Knock-off? Knock-off watch. To be fair, but... Still, and uh, but yeah, apparently uh, this uh, story being set in the twenty eighth century, the uh, lower half of England is now a central city. Does the Flash know this guy? Uh, I should hope so. Um, go on then, tell us your your theory on on the Flash, because he's always going oh. off to get Chinese takeaways, isn't he, Gav? So tell us your whole thing on this. Yes. Tell yes. us why this annoys you. Yes. He may be able to run fast. Yeah. And comes back. Which no one no one disputes yeah. here. Yeah. I I have no problem with him running fast at all. But when he comes back within half a second or whatever with a freshly cooked Chinese, the only way he's got that is if he stole someone else's. He blatantly stole someone yeah. else's Chinese takeaway. Yeah. He hasn't cooked it that fast because he can't cook fast. He can only run fast. So he's stolen something that's already been cooked. Unless he's such a dick that he's trying to impress someone that he phoned half an hour before to say, can you cook this Chinese thing for me to be ready at 13, 12 and 11 seconds precisely (laughs) and I will pick it up then. And when I pick it up... I'll just throw the money at you and not even acknowledge you as a person. Because <laughs> <laughs> either, right, either he's a thief or he's just a dick. This is the two he's scenarios a, we have for the Flash. I have a third scenario. He's a dick thief. <laughs> he is a dick. Well, he steals people's dicks. That as well. If he can, well, he'll steal the dick as well. Well, I can't. This is what it's like being a Flash. Being a flash, like what <laughs> do you go around flashing at people? See if you go around flashing at people, you know, with the, the, the overcoat on mm. and you flash at someone, but you're actually dressed wearing a flash costume. <laughs> Are you the flash squared? I don't know, but Should that sounds like a good nickname. It is something that the press would probably give you, I'm sure. They're not that intelligent, no, anyway. I'm sure, I'm sure someone else in another podcast would know that. What podcast will that be? Uh, the Flash podcast. Excellent. That's what I thought. Who does that one? Um, Barry Bertingcon. 
Oh dear, we're quite wrong. <laughs> they did mention that the Earthship from the 28th century travels at Mach 4, which I loved. <laughs> You know, what? they invented these kinetic watches. <laughs> I'll miss that. Which, which it, two points for them for that, but the travels at Mach 4. And did you did you notice, I don't know what it meant to look like it made of bricks, but <laughs> it looked like it was made of bricks. Well, if it was made of bricks, that explains why it travels at Mach 4. <laughs> so it travels at Mach 4, it's made of bricks. Yet whenever, uh, whenever they tell them that they're time travellers, they're like, oh, cool. <laughs> we we travelled Mark Four in our brick ship. Don't you just hate us? <laughs> oh, speaking of Ian, not that we were speaking of Ian, but Ian. We went. We should correct that now. Okay, let's speak of Ian and him being a cunt. No, when he was talking uh, to someone, when he was talking to someone, <laughs> and he was trying to build their confidence. I assume he was, and he said because uh, they were afraid of something, and he said you weren't afraid. They just made you hopeless. <laughs> what? That doesn't help. Maybe he was trying to be condescending and he achieved it perfectly. You were almost right. I think you were saying maybe he was trying to be a cunt. So you didn't need a descending at the end of that. Ah, see what you didn't actually do there. There was a bit uh, where John, the mad guy, who later gets cured on the planet apparently, um, but this was right at the start where, where he says, no, I won't do it. And from that, Susan has a fantastic deduction that he's being told to do something in his mind. Ah, yes. Oh, I mean, yes, obviously he is if he says, no, I won't do it. <laughs> yes, it's not, they're in it's the, not intelligence. They're in the presence of telepathic creatures. And he randomly pri- replies to nobody that's there. Yeah. And oh, I th- and she was like, oh, I think someone's telling him to do something. Mm. Hey, Susan, really? Just Susan, go back in the towers. Did you uh, see their circular feet, the sensorites? Yes, it looks like they stepped on some tennis rackets before they put the pajamas on or something. Funny you should say tennis rackets because we'll mm. be mentioning that later on. Will we? Oh, I will. Mm-hmm. Also, the spectrograph mm-hmm. that uh, Ian looked at. Mm-hmm. There's a 28th century spectrograph reading. Ian looks at it because he's a science teacher from the 1960s. Yep. And he's like, oh, there's nothing special there. How the fuck would he know that? How would he know what, what elements were, were abundant or rare at that time? Well, I'm going to guess in the... Uh, guess, yes. Yeah, in the short space of the time film... <laughs> The current time to the 28th century, the abundance of elements in the universe is not really going to change all that drastically. Really? 28th century space travel? Mm. They've got a lot more elements. There might be more elements in other planets, and you're still going to say mm. you wouldn't know no. what, uh, what what elements throughout mm. the universe. Mm. No? No. No? Yes. Yeah, you're just, yeah. you're just sticking to that. You're yeah. refusing. You're intransigence. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. But anyway, I just love the fact that the doctor shows him up. The doctor drops, drops a science bomb on his ass, basically. How do you think of that guy? What, sir? Are you still here? Yeah, I'm uh, just waiting for you to make a valid point. <laughs> I'm guessing the centroids most like circular things, because they also have <laughs> doors that are circular. 
which uh, reminded me of Deep Space Nine and their circular doors. Obviously, they weren't as good, but you can't have everything, can you? No, but they were quite impervious to wood drilling. Yes. So it did take quite a while for them to drill through it. I don't think I mentioned that during the synopsis, but there you go. You could have done. I'm a, I'm a master, actually. Who knows? You did mention on the synopsis, though, mm. that the TARDIS travellers seemed to get on better mm-hmm. until the end. Yes, for I did like seconds, that yeah. until the yes. end. <laughs> it just seemed a nice, refreshing change that they all seemed to like each other. Yes, after the uh, sort of almost semi-constant bickering that's going on for and most the, of and, the episode. And the insanity that was Edge of Destruction. <laughs> Trying to kill everybody, yeah. But, yeah, it it was very good to see them getting on with each other. I thought and so. And having fun. Yeah, just, you know, having fun and stuff. You know, well, getting as, on with as much fun really. as you can have while being <laughs> to be cool and things, but... Yeah. As much fun yeah. as you can have whenever Ian's dying of, of of a poison, which is lots. So yeah. And just before we talk about the beer, yes, uh, Susan can apparently use telepathy now. I don't see yes. why she should, and mm-hmm. the Doctor can't. Obviously, it's just for this mm-hmm. story, but you know. Maybe the Doctor can. Maybe the Doctor can't because he's not whiny enough. Ah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. whiny based telepathic powers. I, want, I wanted to sing that to the tune of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Whiny bass, telepathic power. See, I knew you do. Let's talk about the beer now, for God's sake. Yes. What do you think of Budweiser Bud Vargaf? In think, fact, tell us mm, why we're drinking it. Well, we chose this one because there is a heavy theme of a. Uh, Water and poison in this uh, episode, and obviously and, uh, we're not on Earth, so there's no, you know, we can't base mm-hmm. one on a country. Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, uh, what beer tastes more like water than anyone else? Budweiser, and then poison, and it's also poison to uh, anybody that likes beer. Indeed, yeah. but but we're not going to actually drink Budweiser, are we? No. So we've decided to go for the. Infinitely superior Budweiser Budvar. But, but while we're talking about the, the actual crap that's Budweiser, mm-hmm. it's uh, interesting that the founder of Anheuser Busch refused to drink his own beer. Mm. In fact, he called it slop. <laughs> yes. I just love that. Slop. Just thought I'd say that again. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but I am liking this uh, Budweiser Budvar, which is, which is made in uh, the Czech Republic. Yeah. In the settlement of Budweiss, no less. Have with his geographical knowledge. Yes. yes, it is actually an EU protected geographical indication badge. Indication badge on it. Something what like that. What does that mean? It actually has one, which means you can only brew or produce that product within that region. Oh, yes, because like. they have the same sort of thing with Yorkshire pudding. Uh, and and uh, Cornish champagne. pasties, champagne, and Cornish pasties. Yeah, never mind champagne. People understand that. I'm going to talk about crap that people don't understand. Yeah, yes, champagne. People yes. are going to make that within the champagne region. Yes, this is a very good lager. No. do you agree? I, yeah. I do agree. I, I have dr- I have nearly drank all of it already. Yeah. It is it is uh, it's it's easy drink, but it also has a taste. Yes. 
which uh, which a lot of lagers don't. They just generally built to be a clear fizzy liquid of tasteless crap is what most lagers but but this one's actually a very nice one with a strong taste to be recommended yes to be recommended i it, i don't know why i don't drink it more often in fact it features the drunken time general recommendation of approval yes we should so have that people would mm. be seeking that throughout the galaxy yes Throughout the galaxy. Throughout the galaxy, Gav. We're really going far with this. Back to Doctor Who. Okay. Um, This is the first mention of the Doctor's dislike of weapons in the series. Unless it's a rock from an unearthly child. A rock isn't a weapon, Mel. Tell that that to uh, Rocky McRockingston. But yes, he said he, he doesn't like guns. Yeah. He just each prefers other mm. people to use them. Mm. Yeah, he, he's lazy. <laughs> he can't even he's, bother he's to in the, He's a lazy guy. Anyway. <laughs> the sensor axe apparently was uh, an influence for the creation of the Yud as well. Yud with the 10th Doctor and 11th in fact. Yes. And, uh, and the Yud sphere and the Sen sphere are apparently part of the same star system. Excellent. Which has nice uh, bit of uh, I like that they've uh, yeah. you know meshed them two together quite well, yeah, and they do kind of look similar. Yeah, I you do. Your eyes. I do <laughs> like how in the new series, especially the Moffat area, 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 Moffat era. Yeah, he sort of refers to the old classic and series a, well, a lot. Well, that's not that's not to say all oh, Moffat because uh, well, Russell know, T. Davis know, that think, was under Russell T. Davis. Yes, he did as well. Yes, and he uses other things from that era. Yeah, R. T. D. You were a bit more subtle with it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, because but, but I do there's like a lot of things. But I do. They, but they I, do. I like how Moffat's a bit more obvious with it. it. It tries to mesh it all together more obviously. Yeah, they do. Uh, um, do things for the series, but do you know mesh it all as you say, mm. like like it's well, it is the same series. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the reasons they give that they can't get down at the beginning, that they can't get down from the yeah. Earth ship to the sense sphere, is that there's no air outside. What? Okay, what never mind the fact that they're traveling at Mach four and they're <laughs> made of bricks, but now they're shocked. There's no air outside. It's fucking <laughs> space. Of course there's no air outside. Jesus. Somebody should have told that old guy that appeared at the window. I know. He was probably like, fucking no air out here. <laughs> Shit, Steve, tell me there was some air out here. I'm joking. That's why he was outside. He was like, I'm joking. But they were just terrified of him. That's no wonder they <laughs> were annoyed. It, it was turning red and big. Who wouldn't have been scared? It weren't really doing that. Oh, he might have been the leader. Mm. Uh, the leader sensorite. I think mm. you talked about had had, an, had like two sashes over him. Yes, to indicate he was the leader, the first elder. Yes, um, but it looked like he was the, like an X-Man from the nineteen fifties, <laughs> which which is just he should have been an X-Man from was the nineteen fifties. Professor X. Why isn't there any X-Men from the nineteen fifties? I I have no answer. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to mention Ian and I'm going to say there's a good thing that he did. Just one? Just, just the one. Because uh, the the Doctor and the First Elder were talking about Susan. And I believe it was the First Elder that said yes uh, to Susan, about Susan, that she's a fine young woman. 
Ian being ill at this point <laughs> coughed, but it just worked so well. It was just like a comedy cough as if... <coughs> no, <coughs> no, she's not. It really would have been good if the doctor had turned to him and said, ah, comedy. <laughs> but that's what you get for not having me and Gal travelling in time, having adventures. And getting drunk. Exactly. Huh. The doctor, mm. doctor should have said, ah, comedy. Because after all, he is the leader of the, the small group of them, isn't he? Because even the censorites mm. realise that. Mm. You know, not Ian. It was the doctor that was the leader. Well, it, it's only a film that they put up. We all know it's Ian. Shall we, uh, we bring up the racism now? <laughs> yes. It's as good a time as any. There, there was a good... There was the plot yeah. thing <laughs> that... Uh, yeah. The whole plot thing was because the Earth people uh, couldn't tell the difference between the censorites, and that's why the uh, that's why the evil one became the second elder or whatever it was. Yeah, the the only way you can tell the censorites apart is by by their sashes. How many sashes they wear? <laughs> yes. But the woman said this, and there's, there's it's just fucking racism. You can't just say that. But apparently, she did. I mean, she I thought it was fine. Never mind some other one wearing turtlenecks. Actually, speaking of the, uh, the the aforementioned second elder, the evil one. Is this have a go at Ian? Who right. who was the one? Who was the one who made him the second? Who was the one who had the idea to make him the the, the fucking second elder? Yes, that was Ian. Ian, yes. But it was a media followed by a moment of Ian brilliance, thereby creating... What, a media of, of Ian paradox? Yeah. <laughs> if you like. There was a balance. It did something awesome, followed by something incredibly stupid. He always does things incredibly stupid. I doesn't. He doesn't. Why doesn't? Well, uh, um, the, the, the censorite weapons will include a picture of... In the notes, probably, yeah. but it was just that they just they just look quite rough. That if they if they didn't actually work, they could be used as slingshots or miniature <laughs> tennis rackets. I think they look like old sixties sort of microphones. Yes, it's like they use sixties microphones. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Yeah, so just grabbing random props from roundabout in the 60s let's use this a microphone yeah, there we go uh, yeah and you said about Barbara eventually coming back yes I yeah she spent uh, a couple of days on all that couple of days well, it was more like she was there for couple, three months couple of episodes I mean when she arrived in uh, in the last was it the last episode or the one before the last episode she, she was, uh, it looked like she'd been on a tanning salon on that ship. The brick ship that can travel at Mark 4, may, <laughs> may I mention. Well, what else are you going to do? She <laughs> it was just, it was just so obvious she was tanned. Well, being made of bricks, it's obviously got no UV protection. This is true, Gav. Science wins again. Science always wins. You're, uh, the, the Earth people at the end that were insanely in, in, in some kind of war with the censorites, mm. they all had beards. Yeah. So I put it to you that they were aliens because beards don't grow in space. But they had beards. No, but, but they must have been aliens then. But they don't go in space. But they do go in space, they're aliens. 
Okay, it's obviously yes. we're not going to solve this today. Uh, so, will we move instead, on to the or do you want to talk about the Muppet picture? There's a Muppet picture? I believe this sounds interesting. <laughs> you said these things up nicely, yeah. Yeah, there's a Muppet picture of uh, the various Doctor Whos and their companions. Yes, and we've just got it up now. We will provide links. We will provide links. Uh, yes, but yes. I, I like the fact that it's not yeah. just the new series, it's all the eras yes. and a lot of the companions. Yes. Um, In fact, the first Doctor's there. Yeah, various characters from uh, the Muppets dressed up as various characters from Doctor Who. And I can't see any any first Doctor companions though, but uh, obviously we'll include that in our but, in our notes on the website. But yeah, it's it's a good picture. It's a good uh, picture. Yeah. I was a little disappointed when I found out about it. I actually thought it was the Muppets as Doctor Who characters, but uh, you can't have everything, can you? So what are we uh, coming to now? The quotes? Shall we do the quotes? Yep, I'll do my quote for that, and then you do your Ian's stupid moment of the episode. My quote is Susan describing her... Uh, is describing her home planet, which is yes. obviously Gallifrey, but yes. it's not been, uh, not named yet. It'll yeah. not be named on our podcast for another two years. Mm-hmm. But it is just a nice uh, description of it, and yeah. it goes thusly. Grandfather and I don't come from us. They actually use that description again for the Tenth Doctor. Yes. When he describes it uh, when he's battling the Master. Is it? No, I think it's Martha. Martha? Yeah, I believe it's Martha when he's. he's, I could be wrong, could be wrong, but I'm sure it's whenever they're hiding out in the warehouse with Martha and Captain Jack. Okay. With the Master. Well, they're not hiding out with the Master. And. I will go with the E. In fact, change of pace this time. Oh, interesting. Yes. I am going with the, the Doctor moment of the episode because it's just so damn good. The first time the Doctor sort of shows himself to be what the Doctor that we know him to be. And he gives a warning to a sensorites. And here it is. Now listen to me, both of you. You've taken the lock of my ship and I want it returned immediately. You're in no position to threaten us. I don't make threats. But I do keep promises. And I promise you, I shall cause you more trouble than you bargained for. If you don't return my property. That is a good, uh, that is a good note. I'm glad you, you finally seen sense. We'll be back to normal schedule next week. Next three week. Next time. In three weeks. It's dry weekly. Yes. Final thoughts of the episode then. Uh, it was quite good. Yeah, it was. I quite liked yeah. it, in fact. Yeah, it was a good sorry, six episode. He could have done with it being a bit shorter, I suppose, but it was, uh, it was a good story. Yeah. It, uh, it flowed okay. That story is out in the future with aliens. Yeah, it was still held mm. up well. Mm. Yeah, I didn't get insanely bored at any point. 
No, I don't believe I did. Either. So, so, apparently we've got some uh, questions. Another question. Yes, another one. It's 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 like people are sending them or something. Brilliant. Yes. Uh, yes, this question is from Stephen in Ireland. And he says, do you have a favourite era of Doctor Who? That doesn't just mean your favourite Doctor, but could be a portion of a Doctor's run or cross from one Doctor to another. Right off the bat, I would say, not the seventh Doctor's run, but his last two series are very good, especially his last series. Exactly. Well, I've I've got to say for myself, Mm-hmm. Besides the eleventh uh, Doctor's run, which I'm really loving, mm. but I I also did like the third uh, Doctor's run into the fourth Doctor's taking cues from the question. Interesting. I was going to mention the third Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the whole unit thing. I didn't like the unit at the start. What you mean, the unit of the second Doctor, or you mean the unit at the very start? Of the third Doctors. Well, altogether, it took me a while to warm to Unit as a concept, if you like. Well, we watched uh, the, the Daleks ca- the other the characters. day. Did you, did you like the Unit in that? Yeah, they, they, they were, were warming by then, I think. Excellent. But yeah, the, uh, the run from the end of the third Doctor was, was a good Doctor, I think. It was a very I good Into think... my favourite fourth Doctor. And the old fourth Doctor here, because he's one of my favourites, but... Hmm. And contrary to what most people say, I like the last series. You know, John Nathan Turner, the producer for... He started at the end of the fourth Doctor and then on to, well, basically the end of the classic series. But I do like the the very end. He did the last series of the fourth Doctor. I like that uh, probably until the end of the fifth Doctor. Mm. You know what? What? I actually like all of Doctor Who. I generally do like all of Doctor Who myself. But I think I've mentioned that before. There's, there is a lot of uh, crap episode, but there is a lot of good episode as well. Another era... The concept I, and ideas, Billy. Another era I do like, that wasn't even the TV series. It was whenever a TV series was gone. Mm-hmm. And this was the uh, 16 years before it came back. I'm not counting the TV movie. But was oh, I was very, ex- I was very excited about that. But yeah. anyway, the uh, <laughs> well, actually, no, we'll talk about uh, So seven years in between the end of the series and the TV movie, I did mm. like the Seventh Doctor run in, in there, and I'm talking about books. Yes, flunk. I'm talking about books. Uh, I just love the new adventures. I have read a lot mm. of them, and they were very good because they did take the Doctor's manipulation. To a very extreme, and it was excellent. Excellent. That never actually. And that's uh, where Bernice Summerfield, the companion, yes. came from, who you love so much. Yes, I, I, I do love a bit of a Bernice, but I have never actually read any of the comics of her origin. Well, you should, and I've told you this before, mm. but you won't. I've got plenty of other things to read. Yes, like my book that I lent you. Yes. By Robert Schumann, who also writes for Doctor Who. But this is a good short story book that you should read. Anyway. Anything by Robert Schumann. Yes, you're quite right. He's a fantastic writer. If uh, if anyone has any questions, where should they send them to? Next door. Um, no, not not, the, uh, not drunken time travel at gmail.com. Well, they can send them there as well. I think they should. 
Yeah. Any questions at all? Doesn't even have to be yeah. Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we may not answer him if it's not Doctor Who related. But we may. Yes. I Can you take the risk that we yes, won't? Yes, <laughs> Oh, by the way, Gav. What? Do you like podcasts? You know what? I do. Do you like Star Trek? Oh, now you're talking. I, I like Star Trek, yes. Do you like Star Trek? I do, yes. And you like podcasts? I like podcasts and I like Star Trek. So it's like if there was something to combine the two, that would make you very happy. Oh, God, yes. Please tell me there's something that combines the two. Star Trek and podcasts. Well, you're in luck. I am. Especially if you like comedy. Oh, I love comedy. Because you're a comedy cunt. No need to insult me. No, I just like insulting you. Mm-hmm. Yes, because there is something like this. It's the what? post-atomic what? horror podcast. There is? Yes. Where can I get this from? Tell well, me now. Now. Crazily. Now. You can get it Tell from... Tell me. If you'd shut up for a second. Sorry. <laughs> Crazily, you can get it from postatomichorror.com. What's that? That's post-atomic... Horror.com. Dot com. You're there now. Wow, look at that. It's like all my dreams have been answered. Yes, they're uh, doing... They're, they're going through... The, well, they've been through the original series and yeah. uh, and the movies and they're just getting into the next generation. Yeah, and I've just listened to it all and it's good. Yes, he has a very good sense of hearing. Yes. It's, it's all this time travel that we're doing. Exactly. Certainly not Ian, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, you can get in touch with us, uh, email, as we've said before, and Twitter, yes. at uh, yes. Drunk Time Travel. Yes, and uh, we also have a feed on iTunes, and our website, which is drunkentimetravel.blogstop.com. Indeed. There are links to both the feed and the iTunes feed on there, and email and Twitter as well and next time uh, I believe my uh, good friend Irish Garth hello that's him if you didn't get that he will be doing what I will be doing the reign of terror that's it and you can await that delight on the 3rd of November excellent if you imagine such a date in the future yes I certainly can wait for that so that's uh Goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. <laughs>